0: ever wonder about the beginning of our world or the beginning of time or even what was before the beginning? The past few days I've been listening to some sermons by Dr. R.C. Sproul, Martin Lloyd Jones, and a few others about what it was like before the beginning of time. As I open to the pages of John reading from the New American Standard Bible from the Lockman Foundation I'm reading John chapter one, verses one through five. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Here we find an introduction to the Trinity. God was in the beginning. So was Jesus. He is known as the Word, the Word of God. We find that the Word was with God, and we also find his deity to be found in Scripture, that the Word was God. Not only was he in the beginning with God, But we also find that Jesus created the world and everything in it. All things were created through him and for him. He was in the beginning, and all things came into being through him. John chapter one, verse three. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. When we move to verse four, we find in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5 states that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What's interesting to find here is that Jesus is the light. He is also the life. And he shines in the darkness, but sadly, the darkness does not comprehend it. The very world that God created, Jesus, came to this world and people didn't recognize him. He came to his own very people, Israel, and they did not recognize him. This is very tragic, and we still see this today that men prefer darkness and their evil deeds instead of coming to the light, the very creator of this world, who offers eternal life to all those who believe in him. Jesus is the expression and the image of the invisible God. He is also known as the Son of God. He was declared this when he was risen from the dead. Today, I've just been thinking that if there's an opportunity for eternal life, why do men oppose it? We find in John, the gospel, that men prefer their evil deeds. They'd rather live in their sin than come to the light. A few years ago, uh, God led me to repentance I was actually experiencing a dreadful mourning over my sin. My whole life was being flashed before my eyes. All of the evil deeds that I have done, or most of them, against the God of the universe came to my mind. I was in despair. I didn't know what to do. But as I one day took a ride in a car, I started to confess my sins to God. I acknowledged my guilt before Him. And it was at that point where I started to be led to Jesus. A joy came over me that day. I didn't know what it was or how to explain it, but a feeling of absolute joy that God had heard my prayers of repentance in turning to Jesus. You see, in the Bible, the gospel warns of men that God has just wrath towards sin not just sin, but also the sinner. And to escape that wrath of judgment, God provided in his love, his son, his very son, who is the exact representation of who he is. And he, Jesus, God's son, shared in God's glory from all eternity. The Father, God the Father, sent his son and commissioned him to come to this earth to die. Here we're about to celebrate Christmas. Many people show images of a manger, or uh, the star in the sky, or a Christmas tree, or lights. Well, Jesus is the light. Not only did he come and become, become a man, he left his glory in heaven to become a man and was born to the Virgin Mary in a manger, the lowliest position on earth. But he came to live and to seek and save that which was lost. And he made salvation possible by dying a death on the cross. On that cross where Jesus died, there's a song that says, the very wrath of God was satisfied. But what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus came to die for our sins? Well, God the Father placed all those who put their trust in Jesus, who have been chosen by God for salvation their very sins were placed on jesus he who knew no sin became sin and on that cross god's judgment was poured out on christ could you imagine the full weight of god's wrath being poured out on a perfect sacrifice of innocence but jesus did it willingly he came to earth willingly for the sake of his people his church he came to die for his church both Jew and Gentile that he has called that God has called for salvation Jesus died for their sins that's what it means that's just one aspect of the cross all of God's attributes were displayed publicly there God's righteousness God's wrath God's judgment and God's love What greater love is there than this, than for a man to lay down his life for his friends? That's what Jesus did for us, for me. Could you imagine? I lived a life of sin, and I still struggle with sin today. But all my sins, past, present, and future, Jesus bore my punishment. The very punishment that I deserve, hell for eternity, Jesus bore on the cross. But not only did Jesus die, and he wasn't left there, three days later, the Father, God, raised him from the dead. And Jesus is now seated next to the Father in heaven, interceding for me, for his people, so that they would endure to the end, and that they would be with him and enjoy Jesus, to enjoy God forever. This is actually my first podcast, and I'm just... Um, starting to talk about things that are on my mind as I read scripture. But if you're listening today, God is calling you to repent, to turn from your sin, to confess it before God that you've sinned against a holy, good, perfect, and righteous God. He's calling you today to repent and turn to Jesus and place your faith in him in exchange The payment that you deserve for your sins, which the Bible says the wages of sin is death, is paid for. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that the very debt that you owe to God today can be absolved? And God now can justly pardon you, a guilty sinner, and make you right with him. thank you for listening this morning and I pray that God would use this podcast to lead people to Christ and encourage others if you're a Christian today and you're listening be encouraged be encouraged that God is for you he sent his son to die for you and Charles Spurgeon said that God it costs God so much not to to not forget you it costs God too much His Son. And that you're justified, that you're pardoned, that you're guilt-free before God. Because God doesn't look at you. He looks upon Christ and His work. And Jesus on the cross said it was finished. It's done. I just encourage you, believer, to press on and to always look to the cross. Not just as the foundation of your faith, but the very source and the very... I don't know the word to describe the, the very being of your faith. is Jesus and him crucified. That's what Paul said. I've come to you know, be known among you as uh, nothing else than Christ crucified. And if you're not a believer, know that God's wrath does abide on you, but in his love and his mercy, if he's drawing you, if he's calling you today, you have the opportunity to repent. And to place your hope in Jesus just like I did. A guilty sinner saved by the blood of Jesus.